You are listening to Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast number 82. Hello, everyone. Thomas Miller coming to you from Aspen again. And I have a great show for you today. This is the one that I've been looking forward to. It came out earlier than expected. This is being released on December the 5th. I didn't expect it really until the end of the month. But the audiobook, Intuition Training, is out. It's available on Audible, at least right now. So Audible, Amazon. And then iTunes will eventually pick it up. I think they run a little bit later. But I just got word overnight, and it's snowing this morning in Aspen, and we've really needed some snow up here. The uh, The ski runs are getting a little bit icy in some places, but I wanted to do this podcast <laughs> before going skiing and get this into your hands as quickly as possible, because I think this is some of the most valuable information. If you take all the 81 podcasts that we've done, And then if you take all the other material, I think this intuition training book is the most valuable of all of it. You know, if you said, Thomas, you have to take everything off the website except one thing, boy, I'd have a really tough decision between levels of energy and this. I think I would have to beg you to let me leave two things up, (laughs) and that's what it would be. It would be levels of energy and intuition training, because this is the internal fuel cell of everything that emanates out from us. We can make good decisions from intuition. We can save ourselves a ton of heartache by listening to the intuitive voice. We can go down the right path for our soul's journey by following intuition. And the problem is so many of us crowd out that intuitive voice because of all the noise going on in our life. And and y'all, this is how I lived 47 years. Knowing that the intuition was there, the first time that I could trace intuition back, I was probably in junior high school. So it's been there, and I just never listened to it. And in the interview with Fred coming up, you're going to hear an example that I tell of a story happened right here in Aspen up on the ski lift where I did not listen to intuition. You would think after 50-something years, (laughs) you would learn. But that's the deal, is there's this battle constantly between our mind and our intuitive side. And we generally allow our mind to win. And that's when we make the wrong decisions, because that's just coming from the logic and the programming. What is this website about? It's about our subconscious programming. And that is stuck in our mind. So when we go to analysis, when our forehead crinkles, as Fred talks about in the book, he says, you know, when you're thinking and analyzing, your forehead gets all scrunched up. And yeah, I mean, it's because we process all this based on our experience and our programming instead of basing it on the wonderful, infinite world of source, God, the universe. So maybe it's just because this is where I am in my own life right now that this book meant so much to me. Fred and I joked about that. He was kind of kidding me like, yeah, Thomas, you say every book is the best book out. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's because it's just that's the way the bar is being raised in my own life and it's resonating. If you look, if you were not interested in intuition, in intuition, this would mean nothing to you, right? But if you're there and you're really exploring this, then this is a treasure trove of information. So we're going to get to the interview. Let me encourage you, if you're listening to this in December of 2015, it's an awesome Christmas present. And you can gift these things from either Amazon.com or Audible.com. How do you find it? Intuition Training is the name of the book. Frederick Dodson, or Fred Dodson, I'm not sure how they have his name, 
Or you can search uh, in there on Audible by my name as well, and you'll see all of the books that Fred and I have done together. Would definitely encourage you to pick this up for yourself and give it as a Christmas present to somebody who you know would really appreciate this. It would be a great gift. Without further ado, let's go to the interview now with Fred Dodson. Well, this is the man who lives in a virtual world, both in business and in his reality, Fred Dodson, welcome back to SubconsciousMindMastery.com. Hello to all listeners. I'm glad to be back. <laughs> well, we've done five of these together, so I think by now we've got this down. Five? Has it been five already? This is number five, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I, I write a lot of books. <laughs> well, you mentioned, you mentioned in the book that you have done 25, so I guess we have some more to go. This book is this Intuition book. Training. We've been talking about it here on the podcast, and I've mentioned to you that I think it might be one of your best yet. That's what you say every time. <laughs> well, you keep raising the bar. Every time you send me one, it's better than the last one. I don't know. All of yours have affected me so much, but I wanted to get in and talk about this. So intuition, how do we define intuition? Well, I define intuition as, uh, you know, the instant and immediate feeling you have about something or someone. It's something that comes up before thinking starts a split second before thinking starts you get uh, a general idea of what something is okay and it either feels if you're not too prejudiced uh if you're not too emotional uh, it either feels good or neutral or not so good and that's what i define intuition as okay i believe that you don't have intuition if you have too much uh, going on in your mind, too much uh, commotion, too much prejudice. Okay, then you, then it's not really intuition you're relying on. It's just uh, your preconceived notions that you're feeling. But intuition is something that you get when you have a, a rested mind, a calm mind that just uh, picks things up effortlessly and uh, simply. So for most people, myself included, we don't live day to day well i'm doing better but i think for most people we don't live day to day in a calm mind state uh no we don't but uh well sometimes we do you know it's when you're in a state of no expectation whatever you pick up then is what i would call intuition and sometimes you are in that state let's say you're uh just sitting around you know with, with nothing in specific just chilling just hanging around uh, you might be browsing the internet or you might be taking a walk. And, and that's a state of open attention, a state of no, no specific agenda, no resistance, no desire. And to me, that's the state in which you can easily pick up truth, pick up what is what. Okay. And, and, and you do have that state at least once a day, I hope. Oh, I think, yes, everybody should. It, uh, the couple of great times are when you're going to sleep or when you're uh, just waking up in the morning. Can I share one with you, though, exactly. that happened? I'm hanging out in Aspen these days. I'm kind of doing a Fred Dodson and traveling around and checking out different energies. And I, they started skiing here a couple of weeks ago, and I was on the chairlift on Sunday. And I had my phone. I bought this new um, helmet that has speakers in the ears and it sounds like a concert hall while you're on the ski slopes it's incredible so uh. i had my phone in my uh, jacket pocket and i was riding up the lift 
and I took my glove off, and as I unzipped my coat and reached in for the phone, I got that little intuitive prompt that said, don't go to the phone right now. And I, what did I do? I went to the phone anyway, and I uh-huh. checked, yeah. the, you know, checked this or that, <laughs> and I, and I uh, changed the tunes and whatnot, and I put the phone back in my vest, and then I started looking around for my ski glove. <laughs> it was, it was not with me. <laughs> it was okay. It was four chairlift towers back. <laughs> <laughs> So the little lesson from the universe, as I rode on up to the top, and finally what happened is I skied down and picked my glove up. But uh, what the lesson was, it was just a very gentle reminder of what intuition really is, because it was there. It told me, don't go there right now. Yeah, it it always tells you, and, and you know, we, we, we often don't listen to it. Uh, but eventually, if we start paying attention to that, to the subject of intuition, we eventually do start listening to that, and it can uh, make all the difference. It's, it's made all the difference in my life. Okay, uh, do that, don't do that, go there, don't go there. It's a, it's a very soft voice inside yourself uh, that that uh, leads the way, that, that, that uh, guides you. You and I connected through intuition. There was a little still voice as I was filling up water bottles, getting ready to go on a bicycle ride, that said, email Fred Dodson and ask if I could do your audiobooks. Right. And by intuition, I just said yes. It's, intuition is usually yes or no. It's very simple. It's not complex. You know, It's not analytical. And that's one of my great benefits. I don't go by analysis because analysis is the mind and the mind usually takes forever to understand things. There's this, uh, in my view, there's this higher intelligence that you can draw upon that knows better and that does not analyze. So if you, if you want to train your intuition, one thing you can do is to quit analyzing. And that's what I've done for, for the last few years. I just stop analyzing and I tell my people close to me, I tell them, well, stop analyzing. You just, just, just receive. And that's why I make decisions very quickly. So you write me an email and it's just uh, intuitively. Yes. Somebody else writes me an email. It's intuitively. No, I don't know the reason, but, um, I know it always turns out well if I, if I follow that, uh, that inner feeling, you see. You know, again, matter of personal testimony here, Fred, every time I've read and narrated one of your books, it's raised that area in my own life. So when I did particularly levels of energy, I really connected with energy. And now doing intuition training, same thing. Intuition all of a sudden became very alive and vivid for me, as reflected by the little story up in the, on the ski slopes. That's because you pay attention to it while you're reading it. I would almost suggest to people, if you buy the book on Amazon, read it out loud. But also, if you buy the audiobook on Audible, listen to it and read the book while you're listening to the audio. I think you'll get more out of it if you put that combination together. It certainly has worked for me. Well, yeah, it works best while you're paying attention to it, which is why it makes sense to repeat books once in a while and people could uh, read it and then later repeat it again by listening to it. So I'm going to ask you a question that really I think I'm guilty for asking this because it really comes from the mind, but I think it's something that a lot of people listening to this will 
are probably asking if they could ask you this, and that is how can I elevate that relaxation state through the busy, chaotic day? The kids are screaming. The boss is emailing. The client is pulling on you and wants something now. All of that combined, how can you then calm the mind through the busy day? Well, I've touched on that already. One of my main statements is don't analyze. Let go of analyzing, and that instantly relaxes the forehead. You see, when, when, we, when we're analytical and coming from the mind, we usually strain our eyes, strain our forehead. Uh, another thing I often do is to just, in private or in a public space, just sit there for a while and observe what my attention is doing, okay? Whether my attention is all chaotic and uh, dominated by external uh, events or whether it's uh, aligned with with emotions and thoughts that I prefer. And I just sit there for a while until my mind comes to rest and becomes somewhat empty. I call it the observer mode. And, and that's something anybody can do to just, you know, stop the day and sit there for, for 15 minutes with nothing. And and that's a skill that's that's been lost. Old people, they do it, you know. Old people can sit on their porch for hours just observing. Uh, young kids can do it. They can uh, immerse themselves into, in, into the present moment, for example. Uh, it has to do with, yeah, it's two things. Don't analyze and sit and observe once in a while. And if people don't think that Fred Dodson sits around in a monk's cloak and meditates for about 13 hours a day, you have had one whale of a summer, have you not? Yes, I have. Uh, In the last two months alone, I've been in seven countries. Uh, This year, altogether, 25 countries, and it's going to be a couple more before the year ends. So, no, I, I, I have a pretty full life, pretty busy life. People would think that I'm a under a lot of pressure and stress, but, but I've learned to, to direct my attention. That, that, that's, that's what it comes down to, to relax my attention first and then to realign it with, uh, with what I prefer. So, so, so that's, attention is the key, really. The, the observing where your attention goes and regaining some control of it, not having your attention be dominated by uh, external events, you know, by the loud ads playing and by the media and by the boss and, and whatnot, but coming back to yourself. Okay, here's another topic that I wanted to ask you about, and maybe this could even transcend into a little coaching, if you don't mind. Okay. Here's my quandary, and this was how this podcast was founded, and I have had so many comments from so many people who connect to this. My quandary, my personal quandary, is that through my life, for almost five decades, I made so many world self, out of the mind, bad decisions. And you talk about in the book that we are programmed. Our subconscious gets programmed. So I was programmed over a long period of time that when Thomas makes a decision, it's going to turn out bad. But I know this, I know what intuition feels like. So obviously, I want more of it. But here's the dilemma is I don't think that my subconscious mind has been programmed enough to trust the intuition. So it's like the silly little example that happened last Sunday. I just don't feel the confidence there to trust it. Well, that's that's why you go into so-called observer mode that I just described, uh, because in that mode of, of awareness, 
you're not influenced by your subconscious programming. So there's two ways to go. Either you reprogram yourself and start thinking that uh, your intuition is fully intact and start aligning with that new thought, or you go into observer mode more often where your mind is just still and silent and observing. Okay, I don't know. When was the last time you just sat on a bench in a park or at the mall and just sat there until you're completely at ease and want nothing and resist nothing? That's the observer state. When you're fully present, okay, that's when good things start happening. When you're fully there and, and no longer driven by, by your programming. or be a kind of self-coaching that you have to do. It's a kind of... Uh, yeah, it's a kind of relaxing, and people always think that relaxing makes one ineffective or less successful or lazy or something, but that's not true. Deliberate relaxing is different from laziness. Deliberate relaxing is a key. It's a key to all of these skills. It's a key to higher thought, a key to intuition, a key to imagination. Imagination being a key to uh, attracting new realities into your life. Relaxation is a key to better health, to more clarity. All I could tell you to do is, is to go out and relax, but not by renouncing the world, you know, not by going on a perpetual vacation, but to relax within the business, within the stress, within the uh, rush. It's it's easy to relax uh, out at the beach, you know, or in some cave in the Himalayas. Uh, but the, the true mastery is to be able to relax within difficult circumstances, which which is something I I train in every seminar. You know, I put people in difficult circumstances and ask them to relax there, because if you can do that, you've you've mastered the topic, and if you can relax, you can intuit. And if you can intuit, you can gain more information. If you observe, you gain more information. If you talk less and do less, you receive more. There's an entire section on another topic here. There's an entire section in the book on divination tools for determining intuitive answers. Yeah, the key again to that is relaxation. You were saying, yes? So how often do you rely on external devices like that? Well, I, I don't really anymore, to be honest. I just provide them as a as an option, you know. But me, I personally don't rely on divination at all. Uh, I don't rely on fortune telling or, or or anything external because my intuition, my, I I trust my intuition uh, sufficiently by now. But I used to, you know, I used to, as just as an as an option, as an added option. Well, why do you ask? Uh, because I have been relying on them, but I could see the progression and the growth to where I wouldn't need to. Exactly. So, so eventually, you you don't need to rely on that. Uh, those are tools to uh, get your intuition started. Okay, but too much reliance on them kind of kind of is, is kind of a distraction from from the direct immediate feeling that you have in the present moment about anything. So so somebody might give me a, a book and recommend a book and I can instantly tell whether I want to read that book or not. I don't need any divination tools to tell me that. Mm -hmm. Right. Moreover, if you know that you create your own reality by the thoughts uh, you choose to, to to focus on the most. You don't really need 
divination anyway, because uh, all that's going to tell you is, is, is the thoughts you now have, which you can change. Okay? Absolutely on reality creation. Yes. Yeah. I found one of your other examples to be so on point. You talked about the example of somebody, fictitious example of somebody being in a restaurant. You're in in a restaurant with a group of people, and one person at the table just can't make up their mind what they want. They hold the table up. They hold the waiter up. And what you're saying is, here's a menu with a number of different options on it. Pick one. One of them is shining brighter than the others. Pick that one and just be done with it. Well, yeah, the, the simplicity is a is a path to to intuition. That that that's why I decide so quickly. I don't. I'm not sitting in the restaurant analyzing and, and discussing. It's not that important, you know. I just uh, pick anything spontaneously. It's the spontaneity when you're in a calm state. Uh, whatever you spontaneously choose will be okay. You could go meal one, meal two, meal three, and all three would be fine. Just fine, you know. It's when you're in a bad state that your choices are usually uh, bad. <laughs> bad state, bad choices. You know, that's a good point because as I was confessing of my own situation, I lived 40-something years in a bad state and just didn't know this material. Hadn't read your books. I didn't get turned on to this early on in life like you did. And I spent most of my life on another track and jump out of that track, get on this track, and it makes the world a difference. And you do function from a higher state every day. Yeah, you do. The last chapter of the book deals with two subjects that just really resonated with me. One was life purpose and the other was fear. And they're almost coupled for me. And I, you and I have had some conversations around this in the past. So let's, let's pick these apart one at a time, and then we'll bring them together. You say there's a great way to determine what your real soul's path purpose is if you just would think from a higher state what you would do for free. What would you do if you got no compensation? What would you do if you had all the resources that you needed in the world you needed nothing. Your servant comes to you and says, Fred, Thomas, what would you choose to do today? And that answer is probably pretty close to your life purpose. Is that correct? Yeah, that, that's that's correct. It's either your life purpose itself or it will lead you to your uh, life purpose. And it's really as simple as that. You know, if you already had everything, if you had billions of dollars and uh you know, you didn't need anything. What would you do? What, what, what would you like to do? And uh, that, that, that's a question to take into contemplation or meditation and uh, uh, just think about. And, and I still do that, by the way. It's not a question you ask yourself once. It's something, it's a question you can live from for life. If I already had everything, what would I do? And my answer to that is I would write great books. I would travel around, you know, I would uh, make people happy. And that's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> Congratulations. <Yeah. laughs> for most of us, <laughs> for most of us in the real world over here and listening to this there. And I would imagine that you find this a lot in your coaching and in your seminars, that there's a gap between how we would answer that question and where our lives are. So either we got a degree in something else, or we've been with the company for X number of years, or the salary is just enough to make me comfortable that it's not worth risking when I have kids in 
high school and I have to plan for retirement, etc. And we look at how we would answer that question, then the fear comes in to say, there's no way that I could make a living doing that. Well, sure. That's why you keep asking the question. And that's why as you keep asking the question and pay attention to the final and end result that you want, and you start gradually living from that bit by bit. So maybe one hour more a day, then two hours more, then three hours more, until finally your entire day is as you would be living it if you already had everything, by which you more and more attract already having everything. You see, you only attract that which you already are and, and already have. So uh, it's, it's, it's a question to keep asking oneself until that gap you speak about is closed. And right now with me, the gap is closed. And that's quite an awesome, that's a powerful and awesome state. You know, it's really, if you already have everything, um, then you're coming from abundance instead of striving toward it. It's just a different attitude. Okay, you're in a giving mode instead of a begging mode. And it uh, affects everything you do, and everything you feel. So, yeah, it's it's just something to keep on asking for the rest of your life until uh, until you're all set. We're kind of hitting some high points here, and I wanted to just wrap up with one more little coaching point. When you and I did the coaching call, I believe it was around uh, levels of energy or the communication course, I had so many people respond to that that they connected with that. So here's another one. Let's just throw this one down. We'll wrap up with this. You tell several stories in the book, and they are incredible. One of them is life-saving of somebody who uh, was a student of yours, I believe, whose uh, fiancé could have been on that TWA flight that crashed. Intuition told her to have him change the flight. There's a great story on that that you have to listen to. You told another one of traveling Europe on a bicycle with you and a friend. I guess you were teenage or young, uh, young age period. Yeah, very young. Yeah. And you had like $100 between you. Okay, maybe 200 in today's dollars. But you got on bicycles and you traveled Europe and things were just provided for you. And how you encouraged your friend that my our higher selves will provide for us on this trip. So here's my here's my question. And you can coach me through this. It happened this morning and I captured some notes on it to talk to you about. As I've been working through your material and creating a higher life for myself, people who have been following this podcast have seen that growth over the last two years. And and one of the things I've always wanted to do is live in Colorado. Since I was younger than when you got on that bicycle, (laughs) I have wanted to live in Colorado. The mountains just speak to my soul. So here I am finally in Colorado. I'm in Aspen of all places. I mean, it doesn't get any better. If you want to do Colorado... Aspen is a place to do it. So I finally am here. And yet this morning, even this morning, I woke up with this fear of what the hell have you done, Thomas? And here I am in this state that I've always wanted all of my life to be in. And I look around and I don't feel at home here. I don't know anybody in this town. Just before our call, I had a 
a really kind of a negative experience up at the place where I'm taking my mail, you know? Well, well, well yeah, the, the fulfillment of your wishes does not guarantee you'll be happy, especially if you were not happy beforehand. That's why I always talk about being happy already and in the present. Uh, then anywhere you go, you'll also be happy. Secondly, it takes some time to get um, used to new realities, you know, to feel at home. So, of course, you don't feel at home yet. You have to get into Aspen. Aspen has a certain vibe that you, you get into eventually. And you're new to Aspen, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so um, any you go into the unknown, and it starts out with fear until you settle in. It's like settling into a hot bath, you know. Uh, and eventually, you, you start getting into that vibe. And the more you uh, align with Aspen, um, the more, the friendlier it starts getting to you. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it, I go to many, many countries and initially it takes some time to, to get into it. You know, I, I land in India, for example, and I'm, I'm shocked at how different it is. And I'm not used to the smell. I don't like it. And I'm like, ooh, this is this is too much for me. This is pretty chaotic. Look at these drivers. They're, they're almost having an accident every every few seconds. And uh, and then after about uh, two weeks there, um, I no longer mind. I'm used to it. I enjoy it. I like it. I no longer smell whatever I smelled when I when I just arrived. Um, and, and, and that's how it is with anything. The, the mind quickly gets used to new realities, or the spirit quickly gets used to new realities, but the mind and the body need a little more time. H how long have you been in Aspen? I came here a month ago, and then I had to go back to Dallas for a couple of weeks to record this audiobook because I have this incredible studio in Dallas. So when we agreed to do this, I got on a plane and went back to Dallas. So total time here, um, let's say 10 to 14 days. Yeah. Okay. So, 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 so give it a few more weeks. Okay. Give it a chance because you did have that dream originally and that dream means something. It, it, it does mean something, uh, which, which might reveal itself. Just give it a chance. Okay. Two weeks is nothing. All right. We'll do. First of all, folks, get the book. Second, Fred, I want to ask you after they've picked the book up and read the chapters on intuition training, what would you suggest maybe three things that they could do? You know, now when you read anything on the Internet, it's always here are the five things you need to know today or here are the three things you can do to improve your health. Give us the three things we can do to kickstart our walk, our path, our life of living by intuition. Okay. Uh, number one, don't analyze. Keep that in mind. Let go of analysis. Uh, number two. Observe in silence every day, just a little bit, especially in public, especially in difficult situations. Sit back and observe, especially when the going gets rough, okay? And number three, pay attention to thinking good things while you fall asleep. Program your subconscious on, on good thoughts while falling asleep. Those are the three things I'm going to give listeners today all right excellent the book is called intuition training and fred thank you again for joining us on subconscious mind mastery thank you thomas miller and um have a great time in aspen okay <laughs> i am <do> i am doing that i sure am and there is so much more in the book it's about five hours to listen to it and there just it's just chock full there's really no downtime in this book it's chock full of great information audible.com Amazon.com and iTunes 
for Intuition Training by Fred Dodson. Thank you so much for listening to podcast number 82 on Subconscious Mind Mastery. Let's all make a covenant together to live by intuition. And that way we really will enjoy the journey. I'm Thomas Miller, now headed to the ski slopes. The opinions on this podcast are those of the host based on personal experience only and are not intended as medical or psychological advice. If you are experiencing symptoms that require professional treatment, please contact a licensed medical practitioner. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.